You're listening to the Keep Going Podcast, where we keep going after the heart of God, because He's our only hope. I'm Nika Maples. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of the Keep Going Podcast. Currently, we're in a series called A Walk Through the Psalms, and today we look closer at Psalms 15 through 21. Just a note, I use the New Living Translation as my primary text because it is so readable, and I don't approach these podcasts as a scholar, but as a lover of the Word who wants to share simple spiritual observations from my own daily Bible reading. Let's quickly review last week's podcast. There are five main points. Number one, we discussed the fact that the first book of the Psalms loosely corresponds to the first book of the Bible. Number two, Because we are in the first book of the Psalms, we look closely at Genesis, when Cain disobeyed God and killed his brother Abel. Later, God brought justice because Abel's blood cried out to him from the ground. 3. We connected the justice in that story to God's promise to bring justice in the Psalms. And number 4. Some of the themes of Psalms 8-14 through were that God is all-seeing, adjudicating and avenging because he will take care of the enemies that do wrong to his children. Number five, our touchstone verse was Psalms 10 through nine, which is speaking about the enemies of the children of God. It reads, they are always searching for some helpless victim. Like lions, they crouch silently waiting to pounce on the helpless. God is the great judge. Yes, and God is the rescuer. That is what we'll be discussing in this week's podcast. But first, I'd like to share with you my method for writing these episodes. In a recent blog post, I discussed looking for themes while we read the Bible. That's something I love to do. Do you ever do it? In case you don't, here's how. When words are repeated in the text, pay attention. When ideas are repeated, pay attention. At the end of what you read, take a few moments to link the similar words and ideas. Does one word describe the way they are connected? Then that's a theme. There can be several themes in any given text. Looking for themes and looking for connections will make the Bible come alive. If looking for themes becomes a practice in your daily Bible reading, then the time you spend reading will be more than just a series of words on a page and more of a window into God's heart. He writes about what he thinks about. So by looking for themes and patterns and connections, we stop seeing his word as just words or even just stories, but as thoughts, thoughts that are higher than our thoughts. I share the practice of looking for themes with you because some of you may be surprised that so much of our reading through the Psalms so far has kept us running back and forth to Genesis. You may have been curious about how I made these connections from the Psalms to the Pentateuch. I have a confession to make. I am a former English teacher. I taught high school and intermediate grade students for some time. And while I was doing that, I learned to pull out a few handy tools when readers would get distracted or just feel blah about a book. If we're genuine about our relationship with Bible reading, there may be some times we admit we are like that. Distraction buzzes around our heads like a fly that we have to keep swatting away. And then there are the sections of the Bible that feel tedious and just leave us feeling blah about the book. The tools I used for my students may work for us too. So I'll share a few reading tools with you along the way this spring. The first two are looking for themes and keeping a reading journal. 
We can keep a reading journal fairly easily. The one I keep is not complicated at all. Each day when I open up the Bible, I ask the Holy Spirit to make one or two verses from the text stand out to me. I might highlight a lot while I read, but in the end, I'll only write down one or two lines in my journal. And I mean, I copy the entire verse word for word. Second, I paraphrase that verse or put it into my own words. And third, I apply that verse to my life. Is God asking me to do something through this verse? Is he reminding me of some truth I may have forgotten? I journal these three steps every day. Copy, paraphrase, apply. Using a reading journal as a tool to stay engaged with reading makes all the difference. And as I said, looking for themes is an excellent reading tool as well. Looking for themes can help us make personal connections with what we're reading, and that will not only keep us engaged as we read the biblical text, it will help us to understand the meaning of what we're reading. We can make text-to-self connections. I do that a lot. In every podcast, I tell a personal story or two. The books I write are the same way. I can't help but connect the lessons in the Bible to my own life. We can also make text-to-text connections, folding the Bible back against itself. This is probably my favorite thing to do. Not long ago, I asked my niece if she wanted me to tell her a Bible story. She usually does. But this time she said, nah, you've already told them all. I already know the whole Bible. She's only eight. I can't wait for her to mature in her faith and discover that no one ever knows the whole Bible. Not anyone at any time. Being familiar with the Bible is one thing, but it's actually just the first thing. After you become familiar with it, you keep reading the rest of your life because over time, you'll learn to fall in love with it. The interconnectedness of the Old Testament and the New Testament will make you dizzy. The messages of love will dazzle you again and again. As you dig into the Bible's wealth, you will uncover layer upon layer upon layer that will never end. I met a woman once who said that the success of her marriage was due to the fact that in all their years of matrimony, she had never stopped being a student of her husband. When she was asked what that meant, she answered, I never assume I've gotten to the end of him. I always assume that there is more to discover and know. To be a student of the one you love, that is the picture of passion, a constant desire to pursue the one you love. May it be said of us that we read the Bible with that kind of intensity, driven by a desire to go deeper and deeper every day. Keep reading because there's always more to know about God. Keep going because you love him. When I approached the Psalms for this walk through the Psalms study, I initially read that many scholars connect the five books of the Psalms to the first five books of the Bible. So I started making text-to-text connections as I read. Did God say in stone, Psalms 8 through 14 is directly connected to Genesis 4? No, he didn't. But as I read Psalms 8 through 14, I kept a reading journal and I looked for themes as reading tools. And when I saw the themes of justice and vengeance, I just couldn't help but make a connection to Cain and Abel, the pretty extreme example of people who experienced the need for justice and vengeance, wouldn't you say? So if you don't mind me continuing this pattern of matching the Genesis accounts with the Psalms, then let's look at Genesis again this week. 
But before we do, can you guess which Genesis account I'm about to turn to? I'll give you a hint. These are the two touchstone verses from this section of Psalms. They are found in verse 4 and verse 16 of Psalm 18. The ropes of death surrounded me. The floods of destruction swept over me. But God reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. Any ideas? Yep, I'm connecting this story to the story of Noah. I'll recap this common story as quickly as possible. In the days after Cain killed Abel, the world became pure evil. God wanted to start over. So he warned Noah that he was going to send a catastrophic flood, and he told him to build a huge boat. Then he told Noah to fill the boat with a male and female of every animal so that they could repopulate after the flood. But the only humans he saved were Noah and his family. When I went back and read this story, starting in Genesis 6, I couldn't help but see the reason God rescued Noah. We read in 6-9, Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless man living on the earth at the time. He consistently followed God's will and enjoyed a close relationship with him. There it is. We see it again and again. The importance of following God's will. The importance of obedience. One time I decided to highlight the impact of obedience every time I saw it in the Bible. I'm not talking about marking the word obedience, but marking the places where everything in the story hinges on obedience. My Bible was washed out with neon. I kept doing it for a while and then I finally decided to stop. I had gotten the point. If we start looking for themes of the entire Bible, a big one we find is obedience. The Bible says Noah consistently followed God's will. So God knew that Noah would be faithful to some detailed instructions for the boat. God trusted Noah to obey. And Noah trusted God to be faithful. Trust is a product of a close relationship. And trust is essential when you're going through a catastrophe like a flood or a common trauma like the loss of your job or the loss of your health or the loss of your spouse. We have to trust that God is our rescuer. As you read Psalm 15 through 21, notice how many times the word rescue or any words that mean rescue are repeated. Again and again, we notice how much David trusts God to see his blamelessness and to rescue him from trouble, just like he rescued blameless Noah. The same message stretches all the way to the New Testament. In 2 Peter 2.9, we read, The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and how to hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment. The Lord knows how to rescue and he knows how to destroy and he doesn't get confused about where to apply either action. How does your Bible translation present Psalm 18:35 and Psalm 28? Here, I'll read them for you in case you're driving. This is what mine says. In Psalm 18:35, Your right hand supports me. Your gentleness has made me great. And here's Psalm 28. Your strong right hand will seize all those who hate you. You will destroy them. God's right hand is mentioned in both verses. God's right hand is supportive and gentle to those who love him. It is swift and destructive to those who oppose him. The same right hand. 
When difficulties come into our lives, we never need to think that God has sent them to destroy us. Now, he does allow bad things to happen, but if he does, he deals supportively and gently with us even through those events, changing those situations and changing us to work in his favor and in ours. We can trust him. Psalm 18.25 reads, To the faithful you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity you show integrity. To the pure you show yourself pure. But to the wicked you show yourself hostile. We can trust him and his great right hand to know who he's dealing with. He will rescue you in due time. In fact, now is a good time to invite you to examine your relationship with God. Would you say that you have a close relationship with him? Is it closer than it's ever been or not as close as it used to be? One thing you know for sure is that God is not the one who moved. He always wants a close relationship with you. He wants to commune with you. As you read the Bible, please don't get hung up on meeting a deadline. You may get behind in your reading of the Psalms, but if you punish yourself, then you may be missing the point. The whole point of reading the Bible is spiritual progress, not perfection. When you get behind in your reading, give yourself grace. If you keep focusing on what you are doing or not doing with your reading schedule, you're focusing on yourself and missing out on what God is doing as you read. There is no prize for reading the Bible according to a flawless schedule, but there is a reward for reading the Bible as consistently as you can. The reward is a close relationship with God. Reading the Bible is about communion not completion. Today's music is from Psalm 16 by Shane and Shane and is used with permission. I hope you've been enjoying your daily reading of the Psalms. If you're not on my email list, go to nikamaples.com to sign up and receive your Psalms reading schedule and a free hope poster each month. I invite your questions and comments through my Facebook page or in the comments on my blog. The show notes for this podcast are found at nikamaples.com forward slash S1E3 for season one, episode three. And now may God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him. Then you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Talk to you soon. Until then, keep going.